Hi, you're listening to your Route to Wellbeing podcast. This podcast shares strategies, insights, nuggets, and tools to inspire and support you as you step boldly towards creating the well-being that you desire and deserve. Each week, I share insights and inspiration from different people who have expertise across one or more of the 11 domains of well-being. Each one of the guests that I've chosen to talk to have found the clues through their lives and experiences, through their careers and their knowledge, that I want you to have access to. My big question is how can we all pulse with energy and truly live while we're alive? I believe that these people that I'm talking to have some of the crucial answers. So relax, listen up, and thank you for tuning in. Please remember to leave us a review and also to share this podcast with anyone in your network who you think it may help. Hi, I'm Sue Fullergood from the Energy Incubator and the author of The Sweet Spot. And I'm so excited this afternoon to have with me Ilza Alberts, who is somebody who has been a huge part of my life. Uh, she, she probably doesn't know it, but she's the voice in my head many times and has guided me in so many things that have uh, been big parts of my life, especially raising my children. Uh, and so I couldn't be more excited to have um, some time to download some of the incredible wisdom that sits in Ilza's um, head and heart and mind and life. And so I'm going to ask you if you would mind, Ilza, um, introducing yourself. Um, and then I will, um, once they know a little bit about you, the listeners, then I will backtrack and tell them how we came to know each other so can I hand you the microphone and will you tell us all about you thank you Sue and thank you for this opportunity um, I feel very privileged so I think at this stage of my life my biggest accolade is I'm the grandmother or the Oma of two amazing granddaughters um, married um, obviously have grown up children and um, the reason for my very short hairstyle is I am going through chemo. And um, one of the side effects of some, some chemos is hair loss. Fortunately, I didn't lose all my hair. I just lost clumps and clumps of hair, so much so that I had to go and shave it. And number three, but it's starting to grow and I can even do it in a side path now, which is very exciting. <laughs> So I live in the beautiful Western Cape in the Winelands. Um, I am a psychologist and a human behavior specialist. I um, have been a lifelong student of life, wanting to understand the incredible power that we have through our minds and how we can apply the power of our minds. And of course, I have the biggest opportunity now on this new journey that I am. You sure do. My goodness. So, um, Ilza and I first came to know one another when uh, she was running a parenting course called Powerful Parent, Powerful Child, and I was a brand new mom. 
And so with all my enthusiasm, I signed up on her course, which really opened my mind to so many things that I probably would never have come across had it not been for you, Ilza. And uh, then we landed up uh, both doing some uh, life-changing retreats, uh, Turning Point and uh, Joy Spring and The Mile. And then Ilza and I sat together on a meditation circle for many years actually so i have been blessed to uh, really uh, come to understand a lot of uh, all that you have downloaded from your studies of life um but i have most deep respect for this latest part of your learning journey and uh, and i would love to tap into some of the learnings if you would be willing to share it with us this afternoon um but can you tell us a little bit more, Ilza, about um, the journey um, that your career has taken? And I know there have been many changes in the way that you've worked and the way that you've thought. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Mm, yes, I, I started as a traditional psychologist. Um, I've always been in private practice. And my biggest achievement was when I opened a a psychology center where I ended up with 15 psychologists working at the center and we were serving families and individuals. Um, the name of my center was Bella Vida, means beautiful life. And I said that I dedicated my life to building and helping people to build a beautiful life and have powerful families. Hence the Parenting workshop, powerful child, powerful parent, powerful child. Um, powerful is a word that I that I I love to use because we have the opportunity to experience how powerful we are, even when we feel the most powerless. So, I did sell Bella Vida Therapy Center in 2014. Went back to uh, being one man show. And when I was diagnosed with cancer in August 2022, I realized I am not able to continue serving my clients because I had to now put all the focus and attention on my own healing process. And it came to a very abrupt halt, a forced early retirement, um, wasn't ready for it. Um, still miss it, loved, loved offering my service and um, busy learning that the biggest one to serve now is myself, which is an incredible new learning <laughs> because as a health professional, I am so used to serving others and focusing on others. You know, you're one as yourself. Mm -hmm. I have um, also, over the years, specialized in many different uh, specialized fields. I became a specialized play therapist. I later on, in 2000, from 2006, I started to uh, immerse myself in the work of the human behavior specialist, Dr. John DeMartini. And over a period of eight years, I um, trained to become one of his master facilitators. It has definitely changed my life significantly. And it is now the very foundation on 
how I, I lead my life. When I started to embrace the work of my mentor, the way that I helped and approached my service to my clients also changed. So there's been a lot of transformation over the years in how I help people from very traditional to becoming really uh, empowered in human behavior and understanding how the, the universe is working and the laws of life. And if we apply that in our lives, we start to become more powerful and we take part in the manifestation of how our lives unfold, even if we have the biggest challenges that we didn't want to invite. So can you tell us a little bit then, Ilza, about maybe the John Demartini method and, and then share with us how that has impacted your engagement with the journey with cancer that you are taking right now? Well, um, I summarized the Demartini method in three very simple steps. I have always told this to my clients. I teach you to look at life through these lenses. One is a positive lens, one is a negative lens. And if you only see the one side without the equal and opposite other side, you are unbalanced and in, uh, um, not equilibrated. To bring your mind into presence, homeostasis, is to see both sides of the coin. And then the second principle, uh, and I really simplified it, is this principle of I point a finger and three fingers point back at me, that everything I perceive in another human being, uh, and that is both positive and negative, I own myself. I have it in myself, in my own unique form. And then the third thing, if you apply the seeing the both sides, you apply the three fingers pointing back at you. Uh, and there's, of course, a couple of, um, there's 14 steps um, to apply these two principles. It brings you to the third step, which is love and gratitude. And, and that is my third uh, simplified step in the, the Martini method, is seeing the equili um, um, equilibrium seeing the duality, owning the traits, and reach a state of deep love and gratitude. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that it's not a, uh, there's not a person I've met that doesn't want to be in a state of love and gratitude. Because it's the deepest form of being. It's our highest self-actualization. And as Maslow spoke about the hierarchy of uh, actualization, um, if we want to reach the highest, and that's the self-actualization, it's very wise to, to have a mental mind model that you build your life on. And for me, the Demartini method has become the, the, the glue, the, the whole framework of my mental my, uh, mind model. Well, I uh, thank you for summarizing it in such a succinct and eloquent way. And um, uh, some of you wouldn't, are just listening, and so you wouldn't have been able to see Ilza putting her fingers around each eye, so to, to um, demonstrate taking 
um, you know, lens out of each eye. So just to confirm that that's what she was doing. But Ilza, um, I know because I've been through some testing experiences in the last um, 15 odd months after I had my accident and I got to really put my ideas and philosophies to the test and really know whether they worked and uh, it was quite a humbling experience. experience. That's what I noticed. But how is it for you? How has it been for you to really try to apply this brilliant um, philosophy and um, mental model to a, a situation as completely overwhelming as a cancer diagnosis. Can you share that with us? So I got diagnosed with stage four terminal cancer completely out of the blue. I had no symptoms, a little bit of a nagging pain in my right side. I was healthy. I was returning back from a month long international travel. Life was good, but I had this, this irritating pain. And I went to see my GP, who um, then sent me to see specialists who sent me to have a CT scan and an MRI scan and came to tell me while I was in hospital um, being observed that I have stage four terminal gallbladder cancer, a very rare kind of cancer apparently. And stage four means that the cancer has spread too much that they cannot remove it. So my whole world imploded. It was like <clears throat> the biggest, biggest shock because it came from nowhere. I'm a very healthy person. I've been training four, five, six times a week for <laughs> Up to 45 years, I am a very healthy eating eater. My nutrition is based on uh, unhealthy nutrition. Uh, health has always been a very high priority and importance to me. And I've always been a healthy person. Cancer was not something I ever, ever entertained even that it will reach my body. Even though my sister and my brother both diagnosed with cancer, I thought I'm not their genetic line. I'm more the genetic line of my dad and they more the genetic line of my mom. And I never, ever entertained. So as this carpet was plucked under my feet, I fell very, very hard in a state of hopelessness, despair, depression, incredible fear, deep anxiety, and of course, so much uncertainty. And I, I was feeling absolutely awful. Because I was feeling mentally awful, my body also followed and I started to feel far more pain, discomfort, I felt sick, really, really sick. So all of a sudden from being a healthy person, I became a sick person. And I realized I have a choice. I can play the victim, feel incredibly sorry for myself, um, 
go on to that wave of just um, self-pity or I can. Like all the years that I have invested in forming a mind frame for myself and building my life on certain very strong principles as I've described in the Dematini method, I can also apply that. So I learned to live moment by moment. There are moments that I am fearful, feeling hopeful, hopeless, um, despair, because I don't know what the future holds for me. Uh, the previous scans showed that there's been spreading of the cancer, which is not what anybody wants to hear. Uh, but in the moments when I feel the despair and the hopelessness, I remind myself that there's an equal and opposite. And I go and look, where in that very exact same moment do I feel healthy and whole and well? Because I don't feel sick or I'm not in pain all the time. Like this morning, I went for a five kilometer walk and I had an hour private Pilates class and my body feels strong and healthy, although I have this very aggressive, nasty cancer in my body. So to go into the moment and go and see, okay, there is a diagnosis of cancer, but we am I also equally healthy? And to go and focus on the healthy side and not on the unhealthy side, not on the dis-ease, the disease side, but on the side where I am at ease is helping me to calm my mind. And I had a lot of compassion for other people, very hard to myself. I'm a very driven person. And um, if you know the Enneagram, I'm a very typical three. Mm -hmm. um, must perform, must be successful, um, stand out, uh, be the best. So to do that has been hard work and also made me very compassionate towards other people, especially my clients, and not to myself. Hard on myself, um, I had a big stick beating myself, and I learned to have huge compassion for myself. So soon as I made that very difficult decision, or maybe the decision was made for me, I didn't make it, that I can't serve my clients anymore as a psychologist while I'm going through um, quite heavy chemo treatments and all kinds of other treatments. Um, as I pondered loss of identity, the loss of the meaning and my purpose, uh, it was, I mourned, I really mourned that. And I was thinking how people must feel when they are forced to go into retirement um, and they're not ready for it, how hard it is. So 
I decided to become softer with Ilza. Yeah. I developed a compassion for me. I can lie in the mornings because nothing is um, chasing me out of bed. I can sometimes, like this morning, I didn't have to go and walk at six o'clock. It was fine for me to go and walk at eight o'clock. And I was lying in bed saying, it's okay to be lazy. It's okay. You have the privilege after more than 45 years of working and serving others, you have the privilege of lying in a bit and just enjoying the, the warmth of the bed and waking up. Oh, no, the day was awake long ago, but waking up slowly. So that's one example of me uh, where I, I, I'm softer with myself. Um, after chemo, when I become very fatigued, because there are times I'm very fatigued, I give myself absolute permission to go and lie down and sleep. As I repeat my mantra to me over and over, it brings me into a moment of grace, which is meaning my mind is stable, can see both sides, and is equilibrated. I love what you're saying about two things that I want to highlight. One is that you have a choice in every moment um, of every day. And uh, yeah, I mean, that is the most empowering thought you can possibly uh, bring, I have no doubt. And then secondly, that it's it's moment by moment and instead of saying i'm having a bad day you could say i'm having a bad moment and and having the grace maybe to allow those bad moments bad moments to exist as you um use your choice to shift them into different moments mm -hmm. and uh i i really love how you've um really worked with present moment existence and moment by moment choice making um, and use those as your tools. Is that, did I summarize it right? Is that what you yes, were saying? Absolutely, yes, yes. Um, yeah. to, to be very mindful um, in the moment of where, it, where both sides of the coin, we can see it. Um, because the moment I, and that's true for all human beings, when, um, I only see the one side, and of course, it's easier for us as human beings to see the negative side, the painful side, the challenging side. I only see that side. My life is miserable. Mm -hmm. It's really miserable, and I don't like myself. I don't like to be in that mindset. Mm -hmm. It's hard, hard work to keep on choosing moment by moment what I want to focus on. But the rewards are are great because my mind settles down, my heart rate comes down, my I'm sure my blood pressure is, is fine then, and I feel more in a state of grace mm. and hope. Mm. Yeah, and I often say that <clears throat> everything on, in life is on a continuum, and, and that's why I wrote my book, The Sweet Spot, that we're always trying to get ourselves into the middle ground. But uh, if we put hopeless and 
and despairing on one side of that continuum and hope, total hope and um, maybe toxic positivity or optimism on the other side. If you could just, sounds like you're just sort of trying to bunny hop your way away from hopeless when you land up going there. And, and that sounds so, um, sounds really hard, but it also sounds like such a valuable thing to do. There's a, a, quite a lot of um, mindfulness uh, um, is focused on compassion. And, uh, and, and I would love you to talk a little bit of, around compassion and how you've used that to work with your suffering. The alt-driven, success-driven, performance-orientated Ilza would have said, pull yourself together. Um, you can't go and sleep in the middle of the day. But the Ilza that is compassionate with Ilza is saying, it's okay. You had strong chemo. Your body's fighting the cancer. Go and lie down and go and have a good sleep because your body is asking for it. That's a big shift for me. That sounds amazing. And I'm all about compassion is what heals and and rest is what heals so i love to hear that you are using those um Ilza, have you got any techniques that you can suggest to the listeners for how to be more compassionate with yourself that sounds <laughs> but how the hell do you do that is often the question i think um it's it is more uh that very thing that we all strive for and that is to learn to love ourselves and to know that I'm both broken and whole. Um, I am sick and I'm healthy. I am hard on myself and I'm compassionate. It's a choice. It's absolutely a choice. And I choose to be soft and gentle with myself. I know very well how to be tough on myself, how to be hard, how to be driven. But I am, I've learned to go and sit in the garden and just listen to the, to the birds without um, feeling I have to do something. It's been an incredible learning process for me because I'm a doer. I, I, I can't sit and do nothing. And now a big part of my day that's been filled with serving my clients is now filled with nothing. So it's okay for me to sit and read a book. That's a form of compassion. I give myself permission to be soft with Ilza. That's my technique. Mm -hmm. I am learning a complete new and different way of being with myself. Wow. And it's not, sorry, it's not it's not that important that I have to exercise every day. There are times that it's okay to not. And that is uh, my husband always teased me and said the exercise police is sitting in our bedroom watching me in the morning and saying, Come, you'll go to exercise jail if you don't get up and exercise now. That exercise belief is not there anymore. 
I now go for my walks or I go for a gym session because I feel like it. I know that it will make my mind stronger. I will feel good after it. I'm going to go and walk in this beautiful environment that I live, looking at the, the, the mountains. I mean, I live in a most beautiful part of, of our country. And to be, to be embracing that. I don't exercise now anymore because I have to stay fit and healthy. I exercise now because it's good for my mind. And it's softer. It's much more softer. I love it. And it's a hard um, habit, if you like, to change that habit of always being driven and always striving and always you know, pushing forward and being productive. And uh, I, I really am hearing that you've made great strides um, as you've engaged with this journey. It, it's funny how it takes a real challenge to help us to change the habits, our lifetimes habits, and to change the way we engage with ourselves so often. Well, it's been working so well for me because I became successful. It was it I had the, the fruits of my of my drivenness, but now that's not important anymore. It doesn't count anymore. And I think the uh, not I think I know a big lesson that I'm busy learning is that I am Ilza for who I am. I'm not Ilza's the, the well-known psychologist. I'm just Ilza. And I am daily fighting a disease, a disease. Um, we call it a disease, a disease in the body. Um, because I'm doing it now for myself, for my loved ones, for my beloved husband and children and granddaughters and my family and my friends. Because the alternative is, is, is not an option for me. As long as I have any form of say, and I don't have a say, but I have a say in how I manage and deal with things. And that helps me, helps my family to feel far more comfortable because I see I'm dealing with my situation in a way that inspire them they tell me how inspired they are by me. I'm sure. And all of us are inspired listening to you as well. Um, so, Ilza, um, if you had a message for your younger self, could you share with us what that message would be? Or would that not be something relevant for you? I think, Sue, I would say to my younger self, do exactly what you did, because it was important for you then it was of high importance and to you then. It gave you everything that you wanted. But um, my older self is saying, that's not important anymore. And there are now a whole new aspect of life for me to, to, to unfold and unpack and, and get to know. And that is the gentleness and the softness and the self-nurturing self-love, um, the calmness, the 
lack of, dr of drive. My drive now is to, to stay as healthy as I humanly possibly can through using my mind because I know our bodies follow our minds. And I know in the beginning when my, my mind was all over the place in an absolute shambles, my body followed with shambles and pain and discomfort and nausea. I don't have that now. With the equilibrium in my mind, the balance in my mind that I have moment by moment, not all the time, is helping my body to also feel stronger. Mm. I, I want to emphasize that it's not a prolonged period of time that I feel like that. It's a moment by moment. Which is really a, um, a rare experience given, you know, what most people experience with chemotherapy and, and with cancer. So, so your um, sort of superpower, if you like, here seems to be your ability to choose and your ability, obviously, to apply um, finding the, the duality and the equilibrium in your mind. Um, can you see how um, your life journey has prepared you for this moment that you're experiencing? I mean, is that something that's brought you a lot of gratitude? Well, I have um, had quite a number of big challenges in my life, and every challenge has given me more skills, more the ability to navigate my life um, uh, in a more masterful, powerful way. Um, it's, it's been preparing me that this is the big test. And um, I'm trying daily to show to myself and to my loved ones and to those who, who watch me and care for me that I'm choosing life and not death. I'm choosing the gratitude and not the, the hopelessness. Because the choice to be in hopelessness and depression and um, yeah, to lose hope is just not a place to be in. It's a horrible, horrible place to be in. So I'm choosing it for myself because I want to be in a better place. I'm choosing it for my loved ones. And I choose it as a form that I can continue to have an impact on the world because I want to continue to have an impact on the world through how I handle this challenge in my life. You're certainly having an impact sharing your journey with us today. Thank you for that. Um, I remember, I mean, when I learned from you all those years back when my son was not even one, um, and you taught me about choices. And I remember one of the things, uh, and I used to run this in my head all the time, at the moment of choice comes the consequence. Um, and uh, I think what you're saying here is, is these choices are, you know, so completely life-defining for you right now, especially. Um, and, you know, you are making choices hour by hour and minute by minute. And uh, and that's, I think, what you're sharing with, with the listeners is that, 
perhaps they too could be making choices as they engage with their lives minute by minute and hour by hour um, about their mindset and about how they engage with their journey. I think one of the things that really uh, sets us um, into a state of suffering is that we expect life to be easy. I always say dandy and full of candy. And, and then when we encounter um, a challenge of any sort, then it's so shocking to us and so disappointing. And so can you speak a little bit to that, the, you know, what, what you know people expect out of life and how they can engage with choosing uh, so that they can make their lives um, easier for themselves? Yeah, we, we as human beings are choosing the sweetness of life. The, the fantasy, the living happily ever after. We prefer the positive, the, the, yeah, the sweetness of life. Nobody will, uh, by own choice, go and choose the challenges and the pain. But as you so rightfully say um, earlier on, that the only way that we grow, unfortunately, is through our challenges. We don't grow in the sweet stages of our life or the sweet moments of our life. And it is in, uh, in growing ourselves that we actually also become more self-actualized, which uh, I think is something that most human beings would love to do. You have to, of course, when you make choices, you have to know what you want to choose. And that is something to, to be very mindful about and to be very cognizant about. Um, for me, it is I choose to feel good. I choose to feel grateful. I choose to feel healthy. I choose to feel whole. Um, I choose not to feel in despair. I choose to feel hopeful. And I know what it is that I'm choosing. And therefore, making the choices, maybe uh, it's not easy, but I know what it is I'm choosing. That is an important thing for listeners to take away, is please know what it is that you want to choose. Be certain about what you want to choose, because your focus becomes your reality. I'm busy writing a book about my whole journey. Um, three quarters through the book. Uh, the book is very cathartic for me. It's very, it's very therapeutic. I, I possibly <laughs> at times think I write the book more for myself, but I also know who my reader will be and I'm writing the book for the reader as well. And um, I'm, I'm writing about my journey in a raw, very vulnerable form, but I'm also sharing in how I am moment by my moment, having some form of conquering the, the challenge, or maybe not conquering the challenge, just um, equilibrating the challenge. So it's, it's, to, it's to love yourself no matter what. love yourself no matter what and wow i mean as if that 
I mean, that should be so easy. And yet that's the ultimately most difficult thing to do, I think. And what most of what what eludes most of us, to be frank, um, in our lifetime. For sure, yeah. yes. Yes. And, and what I'm hearing you say is apart from learning to love yourself more and treat yourself with more compassion and be softer with yourself, you've also engaged and encountered parts of yourself that maybe you hadn't needed to encounter up until this time. Um, hidden parts of you that had never needed to be drawn on, let's say. Is that right to say? Uh, that's very, very, very correct. Um, of course, as you go into your journey of climbing the Mount Everest, which uh, is a very a symbolic for me because I did trek up to base camp Everest, um, that it is step by step. You cannot, nothing can prepare you for it. Doesn't matter how fit you are, you become fit while you're trekking up. And it is just step by step that you get to the top. And you can't run up. Nobody can do it for you. Nobody can carry you up. Uh, you have to do it yourself. And in learning how to do it yourself, you learn about yourself. And I am definitely discovering things about myself I didn't know before. Good and the bad things. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Uh, I also wanted to ask you, Ilza, have you got um, some suggestions or um, words of wisdom for caregivers of people suffering uh, stage four cancer uh, or any other difficult to deal with disease? Yeah, I, I will rather want to talk about the loved ones um, because I don't feel I need any caregiving. Um, but my loved ones are my caregivers because they care deeply about me. And to know that they're all going through their own journey, it's tough, it's hard, it's frightening for them as well. We as a family, um, I have three grown-up children. We've had many, many, uh, and they live in different parts of the world. We had many Zoom sessions with them, checking in with them as a family, giving them the opportunity to share their emotions, um, to be very honest and open about where they are. We got them some help as well. Each one of them, um, myself and my husband included, did make use of other Demartini facilitators to help us. Um, the children all had some help as well. And to... I said to my son who lives in Belgium, I said to him as I spoke to him this morning, that I want him to know that I will be honest and open with him. I know that he's worried about me because he doesn't live close to me, he doesn't see me daily. Uh, I'm not going to hide things from him. If I'm not well, I will tell him. So I said to him, please trust me that I will be honest with you. Um, I'm trying to be as honest as possible with each and every one. Uh, I don't need to protect anyone now. I don't have to minimize any of my loved ones. Uh, I, I'm not pretending. I'm leaning heavily on them um, because I, I, I need their love and their care. I need them to be here for me. Uh, my husband is my absolute rock, but I'm also not keeping him back from living his life. Uh, because he doesn't have 
the diagnosis of cancer. He still has a vibrant, full life, um, a business that he loves, and not to stand in the way of my, like when my son and his fiance relocated to Belgium earlier this year, they, I, I sent him with absolute blessings. I said, please go and live your life. Go and be all you want to be. Go and follow your dreams. Don't stay because of me. And what is so special for me is very often, twice, at least twice a week, when my son um, drives for about 45 minutes to work in Belgium, we will be on the phone and they will check in with me. And like this morning, I was walking because I'm still two hours behind us at this stage. I was walking, he was driving to work. And I said to him, you are on the walk with me. And we used to walk together a lot. And I said, look at our new form of walking together. Mm. So it's to be honest with your loved ones, uh, but also give them the permission to continue with their lives. What a beautiful uh, few words of advice and suggestion. Wow. Uh, and so wise, really wise. Ilza, you have shared so many things with us and you've been so honest and vulnerable in your in your um, description of what you've been experiencing and I couldn't thank you enough. Uh, I'm sure that many people listening will be not only inspired but also um, empowered by what they've heard you say. And so I deeply, deeply appreciate your time and uh, just your, your sharing. Um, if people want to get hold of you, I, I, I totally understand that you're not working, uh, but if they did want to get hold of your website, say, or maybe get hold of one or other of your books that I know you've already published and, and hopefully the one that you're writing right now, if they want to, when it's published, how can they get hold of you? Now my website is just ilzaalberts.com, I-L-Z-E-A-L-B-E-R-T-S.com. Awesome. And they can buy your books from there? Yes. I'm busy. Um, we, we, we just removed the shop for, for now because we um just re, redoing things. But um, yeah. when you Google Ilza Albert's books, you will see I have written sexual education books for children. I've written a family generational wealth book for, for parents. <laughs> And then I'm busy writing my current book about my journey. Awesome. What a legacy. Um, and one last question. Have you got a little nugget for us to say goodbye with as a gift to the, to the listeners? Every day, be deeply grateful for your life. You never know when it can be taken from you. Live life every day as if it is your last day. We often say that, but that's become a starker reality for me. Live life fully. I love it. Thank you, Ilza. Take care and look after you and continue being gentle with you. And we are, everyone who's listening are sending you all the love and support in the world. Thank you, Thank you Sue. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Your Route to Wellbeing. I hope that this episode has been really useful and helpful for you. 
Thank you to the team who brought it into being and to our special guests who so generously gave of their time and their insights. Please remember to share it with all in your network who you think it can help. Sharing help that really helps is what makes the world go round.